Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Chair. And I'm Michael Peters. We're your Sound Only. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts once again about once again about again again <laughs> much to my once Michael once would like more, to emphasize again once once more unto the breach. Okay, we are we are talking about Dave Chappelle. Let me just say it. Yeah, Dave, we are talking about Dave Chappelle once again. He put out a special recently. It is called The Closer. You might have noticed that the title is very Ricky Gervais esque. Um, you already and like I mean, like I mean, like I'm just saying, like people on the people on the internet had a lot of opinions about it, man. And we're just gonna we're we're gonna we are going to wade through it as as we do on this on well, this podcast. And and here's the thing: the closer is the last. Um, it's the last of Dave Chappelle's like series of specials produced exclusively. For Netflix, right? And it also sort of marks, I mean, he explicitly talks about this. It's like the end of this arc, basically. And we can just get right into this, right? The, the sure. end of this arc of Dave Chappelle navigating his thoughts about, like, the LGBT community and trans issues and stuff like that, right? Um, in the format of stand-up comedy, in a way that has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way that has been fraught <laughs> that has been hard to talk about at, at various turns yeah. um that's what a lot of the current discourse about the closer is about right um it's sort of especially because the closer Chappelle is kind of he's kind of on the defensive crouch in the special i think is that's a that's I, a fair I think, thing to say yeah right? like, i think I, th I think it's i think it's fair to say that he is a bit like uh like all the defensive uh like sort of saying like let me explain myself but also yeah. you know 
definitely increasingly bitter, um, I, I would say, um, at having to kind of make. Would it, would it be fair to say that? Does he, did he sound bitter to you in this in this well, special? Well, he sounded a little like bit? okay. I I thought he I thought Chappelle in the closer. I thought there was a range, right? And I was actually sure. expecting because keep in mind, like I actually waited a bit to watch the closer. I was on vacation. I, I was out of the office, right? And I was just hiking and shit. And I saw discourse playing out online about the closer, and the way the way people set it up, right? The way that sort of discourse is framing the closer. I actually kind of expected to watch it. And get, um, like a strong reaction, you, right? Like it's no, like you, no, you no, no. Of, it's not about my reaction. I just expected Chappelle to be aggressive, right? I expected. Oh, it was like okay, maybe he's just like really going hard in the paint off the top. It sounds like he's really sort of tripling down, yada yada yada. And that might be interesting to watch, right? Because it's Dave Chappelle, right? You can you can you can look at him and say he's a boomer, he's disagreeable, but it might at least be interesting to watch a kind of aggressive approach right. especially as his finale and then you watch it right and i would say it's the it, it there's it's some kind of, moments where he's aggressive but it's more it's sort of deflated yeah it's deflated yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very de like it's yeah. sort of like i i like more to your point if he would have been like you know there is a that like there's a there's a segment in there where he is when you know that he's winding up for 20 minutes of, uh, of, of, of LGBTQ, not jokes. I mean, like just a diatribe really is when he starts talking about the baby and like, sort of like, uh, I, I liked the line at least. I like, it was like, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's just like, I've come to, that was funny. I was just like, <laughs> oh, I've come to the, I come in peace. Uh, I've come I to come negotiate the release of the baby. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, like, even, like, the setup of him saying, like, the baby once shot a man in Walmart. Wal and nothing bad happened to his career. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, because, like, that was the thing we talked about. Remember the last time we talked about Chappelle on this podcast? We did talk about that, right? I think I specifically yeah. mentioned the whole idea of, like, you know, people should keep in mind that the baby shot killed a man in yeah, Walmart. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, know like, his, he, like it's just, like, sort of, like, his come-up was punching people in the face, jumping off stage to punch people in the face. Like, so, I mean, like, but anyway, um, like, yeah, so he, he set that up, he gets into 20 minutes of it, and it's just kind of like, you know, hey, I know everyone's mad, but I'm gonna say my piece one more time, you know? Uh, and... I think that, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just feels like very tired and like, ex like just, you know, there's a certain like here nigga damn energy about it. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It, that's it. It's exasperated. And I think yeah. that, uh, I mean, and that, it feels like that's his point throughout a lot of the special, right? Is that he is, he's frustrated that he even has to kind of do this special, right? And, and it, it, it does feel a bit like, look, there are two calls to make. Right. If you're going to if you're going to kind of double and triple down on like a lane of comedy that is like disagreeable to a lot of people, then I kind of wish that he had done it. I guess in the way that I was imagining he did based on how people were describing the special, which is like be aggressive and like just do it. it make the argument you want to make. Right. Or 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 do more just like jokes but instead it kind of he just yeah just like, like being he defensive it's too but in the middle being like right. over it he's too over right, it. Right, right, he's right. Too over it for a guy who's like trying to sell the idea of 
He's like, like against I the mean, ropes, but he never gets off the ropes. I guess is how this. It's sort thing, of right? like it's. Uh, did you ever watch? Did you watch the Ellen DeGeneres special? Um, no, like a couple no, years back. No. Yeah, I remember. And it was like you know, it was like after like she'd been like in the press box with George Bush and everything, and everybody's like, well, "Oh, he's a war criminal." Blah blah blah. What the yeah. fuck is your problem? And and like, and I mean, these are stories were coming out alongside of this like page six stuff oh, about how she workplace? hates yeah. yeah she hates kids yeah. she has a toxic workplace <laughs> and then like it's like I'm and then she gets and then you start watching you start watching that special and she spends 45 minutes just talking about i'm rich <laughs> y'all niggas are broke like and it's just like yeah. and, and the thing is is that like i i like I was beside myself because I was like I was cackling because I was just like this this is crazy this is like instead of yeah it's just like I mean and those are like it's just it's really like I that's really what I I've it's that's the kind of what I always want from these specials is is more of the stuff that was in say like the first one like equanimity. I remember like the fir- mm-hmm. the first bit one of the like the first bit that I really laughed at and like his comeback tour was uh <clears throat> when he was talking about he was driving through like an Amish community uh like in this expensive ass supercar and stopped by next, next to a wagon he was just like damn nigga you don't even know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow do you <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, things like that he was just kind of like i got pulled over and i was with you know like i'd been smoking and there was with i was with another white man and this he was just like you know and i was a little bit i would be worried because i'm a black man but also i'm dave Chappelle and i'm rich <laughs> like it's just i i like i wanted I would prefer like not like and this is like, you know, I it's it's difficult given the 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 space that everyone including himself has pushed him into culturally for this to happen. But for him to just, you know, like get up and tell some jokes about what your life is like right now. About having yeah. as much money as you do in the bank and hanging out with all of these like, you know, people that are in your end credits. What was it like? I'm sure some funny shit happened. You were hanging and out with in Bill Ohio. Murray. Yeah, and yeah. living in Ohio. So like, it's just like that is that is more interesting to me than him having anything to say about stuff that he doesn't live and just like people that he knows through periphery, which is what most of these stories are. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a bit. Man, it's become fucking impossible, right? Because at this point, the closer, right? Because especially because the closer, in a lot of ways, is a special about his other specials. Yeah, um, he's in this—he's in this weird corner where, again, it's like if you like, if you like Dave Chappelle in twenty twenty one, it's because like you're like this anti woke, like hippie punching you know caricature right i like okay uh, and if you don't so like actually him, you don't li- it's because you don't like his politics either right it's actually like, it feels like that's the choice i'm being offered those are yeah those are the those those seem like the choices that you're being offered and i guess like what you're really trying to drill down on is like who are the people that are actually enjoying this stuff anymore like what is the like are you who's going to this and being like i had a good time watching that hour and a half special Rather than being like I'm watching this to up to just to be a part of a conversation, you get what I'm saying? Right. That's yeah, a, yeah, like, totally. That's, a, totally. that's like the quality that is missing from 
2005 Dave Chappelle to 2021 Dave Chappelle in my estimation. So, and we can we can take a break here and come back. I actually would dispute that a little bit. Uh, I have a bit of a contrarian take on on I think Chappelle's comic like stand up comedy career specifically compared to his movie roles and his his uh, Chappelle show. Obviously, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we're gonna I think talk about Chappelle in summary as well as talking a bit more about the closer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I think I might have teased this idea the last time we talked about Chappelle. Can I just give, like, my baseline take is that Chappelle is a good stand-up comedian. If you take the just sum of all of his specials pre and post Netflix, right? I, I don't yeah. know. I think Chappelle's show, like, so, like, I think there are two Dave Chappelle's. In my estimation, there are two Dave Chappelle's. There's stand-up comedian Dave Chappelle, who I think is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I guess one way I put it is like, I think Jamie Foxx is a better stand-up comedian than Dave Chappelle, right? I think... Yeah. Like... I think it's like, yeah, in terms of like entertainment value, yes. Like is... The true power of Chappelle is in like, is within... Is like being able to relate specific insight in a way that everybody kind of finds funny. Sort of like the one person at the end of the table who says the one thing that makes the entire conversation make sense, but also makes everybody laugh for the next 15 minutes. Yes. Oh. That's a good way to put it. But I think that the power that you're describing, if there's a word I would distill into that, is as a stand-up comedian, I think Chappelle is a good conversationalist. 
And sometimes he's a good conversationalist in a way that is that exists at odds with stand-up comedy, right? There time, and it's like even in his best stuff. What's the what's the first like really popular one? The one with the joke about the baby selling crack on the corner at night, which is the uh, only joke I ever really think about from that special. Killing them softly. Which one is that? Yeah, killing them softly. Killing them softly. Right. I think that. Chappelle, even in his best stand-up, he's mostly a good conversationalist, and it feels like a lot of the time you're spent rap paying attention to him is not you're not really paying attention to a comedian. You're paying attention to somebody who's just really good at shooting the shit, right? And I, I guess that's what stand-up comedy is, like what comedians do on some level. It's just I don't know. I think there's something more casual to it with Chappelle. I think his real sort of like gut busting sort of powerful like the height of his power type comedy is when you put him in like really exaggerated premises that are like dramatized right like even if you listen to Chappelle's voice he has that he has that like really loud sort of jarring weird voice like the thing is that like i would i would describe it like i describe his voice as angular like it's like there is like it's very There is Dang. like there's you just, know, he does there's that just a lot. yeah there's such a pointedness to like his like you know the way that he delivers vowels like so it's it's funny for him to be uh talking about like you know uh getting approached by Dream Hampton for an R Kelly book and being like cuz I've never met that nigga before in my life like it's like I'm, like it's it's more so like he's good at being like uh, he's like he's good at being a professional misanthrope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, like the 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 exaggerated premises you're talking about is like also like when he's given like full creative control, like in the Chappelle Show, for instance. And he's, but also like within him doing like a funny skit, he's also jabbing at management and sort of making fun of the industry as a whole. Yeah. When they're just talking about like. Comedy Central won't give me enough money for a special. Like, they, they they gave me, they was just like, yo, can I have some money for a special? And they gave me X amount of dollars. And he was just like, that is enough for two minutes of airtime. And so with two minutes of airtime, he, he starts in his dressing room in the Chappelle show. And he walks out, like, you know, they put, they put a clock of two minutes on the bottom right of the screen. He wa- and he just starts walking out from the like you know normal pace from his dressing room, stops to see like the set list of jokes, takes a sip of water, but and, you know like meets you know like talks to some of the lightning crew and everybody else, gets out on stage, and it's like by that time it's a minute and you know seventeen seconds, and he gets out on stage and everybody starts cheering. He's just like, you ready to hear what I have to say about the war? You ready to hear what I have to say about these white folks? And then by that time, it gets to two minutes. He's like, thank you, good night. And he drops the microphone, walks back to, like, to Dead Prez. And then before he slams the door in the camera's face, he goes, fucking pay me. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Chappelle skits of all time. Yes. Yes. And it's like, I think he works well with stuff like that. He works well when you're taking a premise and you're executing against something that's more like a skit. It's it's why Undercover Brother works. It's why Half-Baked works. It's mm-hmm. why Chappelle's show yeah. work, works. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's in... Look, there are a lot of comedians, obviously, who do stand-up and then do movies or TV, right? But to me, the difference is that 
with Chappelle, there, I, I do think that even if we're talking about his less controversial, more popular stand-up, I, I think there's a chasm there that's not there with Cat Williams, right? Like, Cat, Cat Williams' stand-up is better than his, like, random TV roles, but you can watch a TV role with Cat Williams and feel like you're getting a sample. You're getting, like, a sample of it. Like, like I think that, like, because, like, because, because of the way that Cat Williams, like, I mean... Seriously, Cat Williams in the season two premiere of Atlanta mm-hmm. is I mean I, that's is yeah. is almost is all <laughs> like uh, <laughs> no he's no 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 like the, the the Gator Man like it's like because because Florida Man is like in the episode yeah yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah okay. talk about but he's just like no you gotta like because I remember because there was there was a Gator Man in in, in my neighborhood too coming up he like we he lived in like this house at the edge of the neighborhood. And like he had two nicknames throughout like our childhood. He was the Jelly Roll Man and he was the Gator Man because <laughs> he had he had a purple Cadillac and he also wore he wore he wore like Gator shoes all the time. And so it's just like you know the, the the refrain of there being like he he has so many Gator shoes he must have a Gator in his house becomes a real thing. And then bam, it's Cat Williams. Yeah. And honestly, like uh, I don't know, man. Like I think that like his teeth like. I'm going to stop talking about Cat Williams. I feel like I'm getting too off course with this, but it's just like Cat Williams' TV performances or like his actor, like uh, his most recent TV performances have been like better than the stand-ups to me. Like his stuff in Friday After Next is better than the stand-ups okay. to me. That, that's maybe fair, but to me, my real point is just that the the one reinforces the other, right? The, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the the scripted the dramatic performance or dramatic comedy performance cat williams services the stand-up comedian stat cat williams and vice versa in a way that i don't actually mm-hmm. think is true of dave chappelle i think sketch comedy slash movie comedy dave chappelle is just very different from stand-up dave chappelle and i think that kind of i i say all that just to bring us back to the closer in the sense that you know the thing about dave chappelle being a really good conversationalist as a stand-up comedian I think it starts to I think that strength doesn't work so well when suddenly the conversation that he's conversationalingisting is a conversation that's getting a little acrimonious and unpleasant and stale and stale because it's just like, you know, okay. A thing that he keeps returning to, well, a thing that he returns to in the special and often like, you know, what critics say, like the log line is that like he's punching down, you know? Um, I will jump in to say, I, if there's a thing I agree with Chappelle about is that I hate that term. I, I, I don't yeah. like that idea. I think that idea. Is- I mean, like, I, like, I regret, I regret having used it because it makes it, 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 it like, proffers the idea that already, like, it's couched in there that one group of people is better than another like inherently like you know it is a overused and tired sort of and probably unfair sort of phrasing of the problem but the thing is that the thing that makes these 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 specials so grating is that he feels so behind like this is like every time that there's a conversation about this it's like a conversation that people have had like a decade plus ago you know what i mean like it feels um, sort of like your favorite rapper using Twitter like Google. 
feel like there's like a Meek Mill subtweet in there somewhere. Like, yo, there's there's all sorts of subtweets in there. It is it was it is a mistake to follow your favorite rappers on Twitter. A mistake. Young Dolph is the only good tweeter, probably. Is what I have. The only one. Not on there. The only one. Those parts. The hell is all this I'm hearing about Korea? Korea. <laughs> just, um, yeah, I don't know. I actually, and it's it's why I'm kind of surprised. So I, I watched the discourse play out for a few days before I watched it. And I actually think the stuff that feels the most like what you're describing is not the the trans stuff. I actually think it's some of the stuff earlier that is just classic, like, um, I think jokes about like, gay people more broadly and also the space Jews joke like they both have this thing where they feel like jokes from a special that you watched 23 years ago right and in a way it's it's one thing like that's an easy thing that's an easy disc to be like oh this joke is old but it's it's weird because it's coupled with this very specific energy that you also identified up top of the podcast where it's like you know he's kind of it's kind of like he's he's fiddling with his hands and he knows that he's really trying to get to the part where he directly engages with all of the consternation about trans issues. And so it's like the jokes feel old and also they feel like perfunctory. And to me, that's the worst part of the special. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the stuff before he even gets to the real meat of the special is the stuff that feels the worst. Because that really does to me feel so like bogged down. And it feels like like just sort of like and, and and like it's it's like it's hard to play like it's like it's difficult to place emphasis on anything that happens in those minutes or to like make heads yeah. or tails of it. Like I mean, randomly I throwing like that- out that he may have been molested by by a preacher when he was younger. Uh, like I like it's. I, I like it's 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 really just like where are we going? What's happening right well, now? Well, if I, if I could flesh out what I think he's doing in the beginning, right in the beginning. And I think this is low-key an interesting thing to understand about Chappelle, right? In the beginning, it feels like he's setting up this idea that becomes important later in the special that, like, hey, guys, I'm black, right? And he's setting up kind of this idea that he is a black man who almost, like, inherently has this kind of quizzical, skeptical relationship not just to like the trans community, right, but to feminism, right? It's all this stuff. He's He's trying to telegraph this idea that, like, Look, man, yeah, I'm like, I am a boomer. I'm a black boomer and I live in Ohio. What what do you fucking want from me, right? I feel like that's kind of the gist he's setting up. And he's kind of doing the thing that comedians do, right? Of like, oh, look, anybody can get it. Um, it it's like, I feel like I get that. But he, again, it's it's the fact that he's so beleaguered by the conversation that he's leaning into. That is what He doesn't even do the... Like, okay, here's actually a better way of putting it. At the end of the special, when he's talking about his friend Daphne, yeah. um, who um, basically was getting shouted down by a heckler at the end of her set, Daphne was a trans woman, a late like a late friend of his that was a trans woman, getting heckled by like you know this Daphne drunk like dude a comedian in her set. To amateur comedian, right. right? Right, amateur amateur comedian who like was sort of bombing. You know, and there was a heckle that was just kind of like, hey, you know, does the carpet match the drapes? And then she said, then like he like says with like great admiration in his voice and she shot back. 
I actually have hardwood floors. And then the place like erupted in the laughter. And it was just like, there's no sort of like he and I and I guess it's like he must have admired that in her because he doesn't have it. Like it's like there is there is no like there the, the way that he talks about um the way that he talks about like uh you know, the way that he approaches all the consternation and like his all the LGBTQ stuff is very like from a place of it it feel like despite like him getting laughs and like you know kind of elbowing the people next to him is like the vibe of it it still feels as though he's like sort of isolated and a little hurt by being misunderstood <laughs> yeah um yes I, I agree with that which is why i also think it's funny that or i think it's odd i don't i will you know i think it's odd i think it's odd that people have uh, I, I think there are people. Look, I think there are people who watch this spe- special who don't have like a dog in the fight about the sort of political valence of it. But so mm-hmm. far as people think that these, again, we're talking about stand-up comedy, right? That there's like a political liberation fight to be had in talking about the Chappelle specials. It's odd to watch the people who identify as like his fans, right? The people standing by these latest specials look at that special and say, yeah, this is this is Dave Chappelle standing strong. He's standing up against the mob that wants to cancel him. And to me, it's like, no, it's you watch this special. And I I think you you kind of realize watching this special that his critics definitely won. Won. Right? He's, de- yeah. <laughs> he's so he they've clearly like worn him down. Right. Like this is the four. Like it's like this is this is the fourth special you've talked about this in. And it's like, yeah, and it you is. Know, and I don't it, see how anybody looks at that and is like, "That's Chappelle winning. He owned the lid." He's it's like, like no, it's just like I, this is I, this has dominated your entire sixty million dollar yeah. comeback with Netflix. Has now been right. spent is talking this, about this. Right, that, right. Yeah. I don't see how that. I mean, again, unless you want to do the fifty cent, like you know, look at the numbers type attitude about it, which yeah, sure. On a creative level, on a creative level, I just don't see how you look at that and and don't say, "Damn, this was kind of this. This isn't really how this could have gone better." (laughs) On on comedy, it's really like it was really because I mean, like because the way that he came out with it was just like with such an assurance of like you know. I've been gone for a while and the world needs to know, like, it's just like, let me, let me tell you how stuff actually is. And it's just like, and then, you know, that shot was just kicking his ass for the next four specials. But, But I think also, and I think the thing that's frustrating about like the kind of person who is determined, right. To make, to make Chappelle the kind of Messiah of like, anti-woke comedy or something is that like look we're, we're talking about a guy who in his previous incarnation right in Chappelle's show before he goes to South Africa and disappears we're talking about a guy who who thought very seriously to the point of bailing bailing on his baby in Chappelle's show thought very seriously about how like how white people reacted to his comedy in the 2000s right sort of like yeah you know, people talk just... about it as if like yeah there's such a like, yeah, I I get exactly what you're saying. Like the entire thing behind him leaving the Chappelle show is just kind of like, oh, I didn't like how this one white guy laughed at my joke on set. And it was like a 
nervous breakdown because it's just like, what if this is just how everybody perceives me? And now there just seems like a sort of comfortability with that. Yeah, but it's not even comfortable. It's just like there's a certain kind of person who's just abstracted that whole episode away, right? Their whole thing sure. is that like, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's... Well, it's I mean, not, like I was talking about it on his part, on his part. No, for sure. But I think to me, part of me has lost track of how much, like, I, I don't even know at this point how much it's overstated that that's the case. Like, how, like the mythology sure. of that, of like Dave Chappelle, you know what I mean? It feels like that's gotten out of hand after a point. But it's just to it's, say that like, People did not generate out of nowhere this idea that Dave Chappelle, right, might care about how certain groups of people like respond to his comedy, right? Like again, mm-hmm. there's a whole there's a whole stretch of Dave Chappelle's career that is based on the idea that yeah, Dave Chappelle was doing a certain kind of humor, right? That that had, you know, he was doing like a lot of race humor, a lot of race humor that I like, frankly, and I will stand by liking to this day. And that yet made Dave Chappelle himself uncomfortable. So the idea that like that's the guy we're talking about on the one hand and that on the other hand, people can't understand that like, OK, a different version of that discomfort is playing out. But w- regarding a different group this time, I-, I just don't understand how people can't put two and two together. Right. And arrive at the idea that like, yeah, man, like comedy. Sure. I offense can be good. It can be like to me, part of the part of what is enjoyable about watching comedians when they are, quote unquote, problematic. Right. Is that there is a certain general universal thrill. Some people enjoy it more than others, certainly. But like, yes, there is a thrill in watching somebody get up in front of other people and be and behave badly be ignorant yeah it's just like <laughs> just it's like it's, yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like, but the thing is is that and i think that we talked about this the last time we were talking about Chappelle, is that there's a difference in the way that like say patrice o'neill did it and the way that Chappelle does it and the way that bernie mac does it you know did it yeah you know i mean yeah and it's like yeah because we before we even started recording like, we were talking about the kings of comedy right and that all like Man, Bernie Mac's set in Kings of Comedy, that set being the thing that, by the way, goes on and inspires like the Bernie Mac show as a premise, right? It's him doing mm-hmm. that like wildly homophobic bit about his nephew. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like making fun of his like little nephew's lisp and him like smacking his nephew for speaking with a lisp and like. Like, yeah, it's like and that's not a thing that somebody went back in time and was like, well, that's problematic. Like, I remember being a kid. I love Kings of Comedy. Right. I remember being a and kid. You knew and it was like, up. oh, my you God. Knew it was, yeah, up, you knew it was like you knew it was fucked up. Just at like just. Uh, yeah. You knew it was fucked up at the time. Just like. uh, Fuck. What was it? What was the movie where he's like he steps off of the train and is just like slapping white people on the way to the station? <laughs> oh, no, that's a head of state. Head of state. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. It's like, but the thing is that sucks. like that's it's just like that. But the, but the thing is, is like like that was his that was his brand. And also like the the energy that he delivered it with is what made it funny. Yeah, so like, like that, also, I'm glad you said it because like that's a thing where it's like I I I do not want to see any of the material <laughs> in the Kings of Comedy set. But again, it's like that set is like wildly that that set is entirely out of pocket. And yet that set contains a sort of it contains the DNA of what made Bernie Mac Bernie Mac, which is that like when he does that set and that set is a lot he does it with that like manic Bernie, that wide-eyed Bernie Mac energy where he's like, 
hell yeah, we're doing this, right? And it's Chappelle, like, it, it's know, like the contrast I, with Chappelle is like, Chappelle does not have that energy or anything resembling it in The Closer, right? He's just like, he is just telephoning still the entire try, yeah, thing. It's, it's really like, you know, okay. Because I was having this conversation um, with our mutual friend Tyler Tynes when he was talking about how uh, <laughs> his barber had uh, been talking about like how it wasn't a pandemic, it was a plandemic. And I was like, <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, see? And I bet, like, and I was just like, I bet your, I bet your fave was tight too. Because the thing is that like, yeah, it, it, it's like word, word to Paulie Christo, if your barber isn't spreading misinformation, he's trash. Like, and the yeah, thing is that I mean, like, Bernie, real, that's not even wrong. Bernie, <laughs> yeah, Bernie Mac had that exact same, and Bernie Mac had that exact same energy. Where it's just kind of like, you feel like you are sitting down in the most manic barber's chair in the shop yeah. when you're listening, when you're, when you're watching a Bernie Mac special. With Chappelle, it's just kind of like you're sitting across a coffee table listening to somebody. Um, Continue a Twitter argument is kind of what exactly, he's doing. exactly, like, exactly. A lot less interesting than watching Bernie Mac just like lose his mind. Exactly, about fictionalized relatives that he's having wildly inappropriate interactions with. Yeah, um, yeah. I I would just say that like there for anybody listening to this podcast who again feels what I felt going into it. This sense of like your only options are to hate. Dave Chappelle now because you hate his politics or love Dave Chappelle because you like his politics. Like, don't do, d just say no. Stop it. What's the, the Michael Jordan? Stop meme? it. Stop, Stop it. it. Get some help. Get some help. You know, it's, <laughs> it's possible to watch this and like, again, especially because like, look, and to be mostly un most and to be mostly unaffected by it. That's well, fine. It's not, even, it's not even that unaffected because like we, you know, it's comedians. Like we talk about comedians and, and, Comedians talk about real world issues all the time, right? But it's more so that, like, look, if you are not one of these these latecomers, right, who is just like who only it's kind of like the Kanye thing, right? There's a kind of person who clearly like 90 percent of their investment in Kanye is like investment in a political conversation that started right, right, in, right, right, right. in like 2017, right? And then there are people who have thoughts one way or the other about Kanye who actually know shit about Kanye and his music and his career, right? It's the same with Chappelle, right? I like, think that it's I, just kind I, of I like, there is, there is like, the, like, I think that the group of people you're talking about are like, that are late to the conversation haven't had all the ebbs and flows and haven't been implicated in their rise and like, you know, embarrassed by like, you know, their turn or whatever. Like, it's like, there is a sort uh, like a this new version of of uh, you know King speech public orator uh, Dave Chappelle comes you know post two thousand sixteen election. I th I know that we had several news items. I think you wrote one on the ringer uh, like when he had that SNL live. special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where it was just kind of like this is weird. This is a little weird that he's like you know. That like after like the president didn't address the nation <laughs> after the election, but Dave Chappelle did. Like that is a weird place for him to be at, because and and I think it's like sort of those things that were, you know, he was funny and oh yeah, also he's a cultural archivist and you know something almost you know like sort of like a soothsayer, and then in his absence, it just kind of like perpetuated itself. And to the point where it's just kind of like, 
we need to know what Dave Chappelle thinks about the change in the weather somehow. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's just like no comedian should really be bearing that. <laughs> It's like Chappelle shouldn't be bearing that in the first place. Yeah, I like it's like we said the last time we were talking about this is that we, you know, there's a there's a there's a certain bit of, I mean, like a tiny, small, infinitesimal, minuscule bit of me that feels sorry for Dave Chappelle, but he's rich, you know, he'll be fine. Yeah, he. I mean, he said it especially. He like, look, I'm. I mean, at the, you know, he tries to do a version of what you're describing with Ellen, but again, it's so much more sheepish than Ellen's version. Exactly. Of it. Like, look, man, I'm rich. Like, fuck y'all. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, you know, like it, the and the the like the the baseline of that is that like ultimately, despite you know. Uh, whatever hardships Ellen DeGeneres might have faced coming out, like she's a blonde white woman and he's a black man. Like it's like you can't. You know, it's like there's a there's a there's a limit, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I f- I feel like we, I think we said everything there is to say. You know what I mean? It's like go watch the special. Like again, yeah, it goes what go I th- watch I the think, special. I think this stuff like. It's been it's been a frustrating ride with Chappelle on this comeback tour. And again, it's it not, has been a frustrating, like I, confusing not, ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not all to just like again. I don't think either of us are coming at it from a perspective of like, well, it's frustrating because I don't like his views or I don't like this bigotry. Blah blah. blah. It's just like no, but it, it's, it's more just so like, to damn, me. Damn, this is like it didn't have to be what? like this, you know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's yeah, the frustration. It, it, and it, and it's also the frustration of like, look, I would like credit for not having been like that huge fan of Chappelle's stand-up <laughs> before this moment either. And again, I don't, I'm, not, I'm honestly, I swear to God, I'm not saying that in like a passive-aggressive revisionist way. I just mean it in the sense of like, at least before, if you were into or not into Chappelle's stand-up, right, you could like. I feel like I could articulate that and not have somebody read into it that I'm trying to like mount some sort of political diss of Dave Chappelle. Right. Yeah, I and think again, it's just it's like, like it's you can't like it's 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 hard to imagine. Like Jamie Foxx ain't do this to me. It's, <laughs> Jamie Foxx it's ain't hard, it's, me sort of It's it's hard to imagine that like, you know, the same sort of attention economy and you know, like a think piece ecosystem would would exist around like, you know, for what it's worth, the comedy yeah. special that ends yeah. with him telling telling a joke about a stripper who, uh, like you know, opens up her fallopian tubes in a club and a baby crawls out. There's just You're like right. there is, a, yeah. It's just like there's like there's just no there's no way there's no way that a similar conversation would be ha- would be happening and being perpetuated for as long. Yeah. And I think that one thing you said, that's sort of the microcosm of sort of feeling bad for Chappelle to me is, again, it's like I I can't really I just cannot in me believe that a comedian or really any artist would want this. Right. They would want their art to be reduced either way to this political football. Right. And it's like the people he thinks are in his corner or who have his back are people who are doing that, too. Right. Like there is a kind of person who likes Dave Chappelle, not because like even they don't even themselves talk about the comedy. Right. Like their idea is I I like this special because it pissed off the right people. 
And like, mm-hmm. I get it. I get in a sense, comedians are an easy avatar for conversations we have about free speech, right? And about subversion and shit like that. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to abstract away that idea that like that idea, certainly that c- comedians push boundaries pretty. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't, like it certainly predates Dave Chappelle, but it's just like, yeah, but there's comedy too. And it's just like, I don't know that the comedy of like the closer is that it's just, it's, you know, I, I will, I will end by saying that like, one of the earliest things I saw about The Closer was this sort of cosmic brain conservative take of people who are anti-woke and actually don't like The Closer because it reminds them of Hannah Gadsby, (laughs) right? I think their beef is that The Closer is a little too confessional and anti-humor. And I I actually do think that that's the closest take, that, that that's the take that I'm the closest to agreeing with, frankly, is the conservative take of like, this is too much like the Hannah Gatsby thing. And I don't like yeah. this Dave Chappelle, especially for the same yes. reason that I don't like that. Um, so congratulations, whichever corner of the internet produced that contrarian uh, nugget that I want to glom on to. Here's the thing. We're not actually done with this episode. I think, are we done talking about Dave Chappelle? Because there was one other thing we want to talk about that is not at all oh, yeah, we're, Dave Chappelle, ex- we're, <laughs> except we're by way talking. of Netflix. Yeah, we're done talking about Shave Chappelle. Email us Friend- Chappelle take friendshiponlypod@gmail.com. Friendship ended with the Dave Chappelle special. Now Squid Game is my best friend. Okay, um, we have to talk about this. I know this is like we've talked like nine hours about Chappelle. We have to talk about Squid Game real quick. We're three weeks late to this. Shouts out to uh, Time to Say Goodbye podcast, which is like it's like you recommended it to me, and then I listened to Jay Kang talk about it. Uh, for an hour, and that's when I decided yeah, to watch like, Squid Game. Yeah, I mean, Game. like, essentially, like, you know, I, for those of you that can recall the last time that I was talking to, like, Charity about Shonen Manga, and I was just kind of like, there's a new one, you know, that's called Chainsaw Man, and he was just like, oh, here we fucking go, what is it? And I told you the setup, and I was just yeah. like, and it starts with debt? Like, it's, it starts with debt, and I was just like, I know, like, if it starts... That's why this one, and the thing is that like Squid Game is really like sort of, you know, post-recession Hunger Games clone that does like, you know, um, 80s uh, Americana nostalgia television better than like like American television did it uh, just because it has a different sort of appreciation for it. But it also starts with the idea of um, just basically a group of you, I guess what you would describe as the underclass in, in Korea, like a Pakistani migrant worker, somebody who is like essentially a Kikomori living with his grandmother and not able to pay for anything or hold down a job. Just a bunch of people that owe shit tons of money to various corporations and like are down on their luck and miserable. And it's just like, yeah, I could get behind that. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Were you, were you about to say something? I, I am about to say something, Micah, which is that, look, man, these people know what the fuck Squid Game is. We need to cut, because we, we're we not doing a whole episode about it. Can we... The Squid Game is what Micah said. They get put in a murder game. You got to play six different games in this game. You're in captivity. They make you play red light, green light. They shoot you if you don't get it done in a time limit or if you move. Yada, yada, yada. It's the six games. People know what Squid Game is. I'm here because I, okay, I liked Squid Game. 
You like Squid Game, right? We both yes. like Squid Game. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love Squid Game. I had this tension watching it that I just want to talk through with you really quickly, which is that I got frustrated. I think I texted you a couple of times while I was watching it. That like... About stratagems. I was yes, just like, niggas, yes. people are... <laughs> people are dying. <laughs> people are dying. No, but like, look, look, here's my thing. Here's my thing, right? It's like, they're games. Right. The episodes really revolve around like what's the latest game that all of the remaining contestants are going to have to play and survive. Right. So you have, for instance, the first game is red light, green light. Um, the, you know, then you have the stuff like the, the cookie game. That's the meme on Instagram, the tug of war game, which is the one I text you about the most. Um, the glass, the twin, the glass bridge game. And my problem was that I thought these are really thoughtful games. Like, I liked the tension of like, ooh, how are they going to get out of this one? How are you going to survive this challenge? And it feels like all of the challenges are structured in this way where you, as the audience, right, it feels like you're you're being invited to, like, solve the challenge, right? And there's obviously, like, physical, you know, it's one thing to figure out the best strategy and another thing to execute it. But you feel like as the audience, as somebody who can't do it, you know, you're not going to get off the couch and jump in the game, that at least you're being asked to think about the challenge and how to ideally approach it. Um, and yet the way that the games play out in Squid Game, it kind of bugs me that every time, except for maybe the cookie game, right? Where they, they figure out that if you lick the back of it, it helps dissolve the shape out of the cookie without breaking yeah. the cookie. It feels like all the other games kind of make you feel stupid for trying to solve the game. Um, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, it's like, it's, I think that it's like you it's, would feel different. Like, this is a, this is a thing. They play out in a really static been, way that does not what really I mean is just like, solving. the thing is that these are all games that are like the, 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 like a lot of the, writing around this show has been about like you know things that have been lost in translation and how the how you would have enjoyed it more if you you know could understand korean you know had some sort of functioning knowledge of korean culture because these are all game these are just all childhood games right you know um, I mean, tug of war is a childhood game for Americans. Let's let's calm down. Act like we never heard of tug of war until. All right, so like, all right, tug of, tug of war and red light, green light, sure, Come whatever. On, but I, I mean, like, I'm talking about thing where they're shooting uh, rocks and the um and the and the and the can and the cookie candy and the um. There's there's stuff there that you like, you know. Uh doesn't exactly make a whole lot of sense and there's stuff that makes perfect sense like hey we're gonna leave one less meal in there and just see what happens yeah maybe yeah, they'll start right. killing each other <laughs> yeah it's just like i there were so many moments like the tug of war one was the one that bothered me right because it's like they got to play tug of war they're split up into a bunch of teams and then at random the teams are you know, two teams are matched against each other. And they're, you know, they show this sequence where you walk on this catwalk and then you take an elevator up to another catwalk, you do tug of war. And then that the whole resolution of the episode revolves around the old guy dictating what the perfect tug of war strat is. And I meanwhile, I'm watching it and being like, you just you showed the teams walking on a catwalk. Why did nobody think of pushing 
players off the catwalk, right? Like, that's the kind of problem solving you would expect, especially with the character like the Yakuza guy, right? Like, you would think mm-hmm. he would be like, oh, I'll push these people off the catwalk. And every time in the show that you as a viewer think of something or you look at something in the environment and go, oh, here's a thing one might think about if they were trying to, to solve this. The, it feels like the show kind of swats your hand away for, for, from doing that. And I found that a little frustrating because it felt like a tension. It felt like a dissonance in the show to me that like these are riddles. But if you think of them like riddles, the, the show doesn't really work like that. The challenges ultimately don't really work like that. Yeah, there's it's, it's, it's really more. Again, and we talk about character drama all the time the, on this podcast. But it's like, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I cut you off. But there. yeah, man, like, no, 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 no. I'm just, it's, you know, uh, it, the, the games are super deterministic, but also like the, 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 the small character dramas that unfold within them are the, are actually the most fun things or the best, not the most fun things, but the best things about the show. Um, yeah, man. Also, like, come on, bro. Like, I, I was thinking about it that way because it's just like, I was thinking of every person employed by the ringer. I was like, I'd outlive them. That's right. I'd outlive Micah for sure. Uh, I'd outlive Alyssa. <laughs> I Absolutely. am like a cockroach. Outlive that is, that is, <laughs> that is, that is, that's, that is, that's, that's cat, bro. Like, that, like, there's, it's there's also no cat because to... I would not survive the glass. The glass puzzle, fuck it. I, that's it. I would have been out. I would have been done. It would have been over for uh, me. The glass puzzle, would... absolutely no way I'm surviving that. I'm telling you, I like, I'm, I'm the last person standing if there's this is this is no debate. I mean, if it's you versus Tyler Tynes, I good luck to you, player. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is that every I think that's we that's everything, right? Like I, I, I think that's it. We, I think we, we I did think the we thing got this everything. week. Please write us hate we, mail or whatever you got politically yeah. deranged responses to our Chappelle commentary at soundonlypod at gmail.com. And with that, yeah. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. Let's go.